0: Alright, anything on your heart before we, um, before we get into our studies? And we're starting tonight on our declarations of, of faith. And um, I've got the Pendleton's manual here, and they, they are found in it. You can find them in different places, but uh, it's on our church website as well. Um, and uh, hopefully, as, as Sister Carol mentioned, we need to pray for our nation. We need a revival and, and uh, so this is sort of going to go hand in hand, studying our faith. It's important to know where we came from, and it's important to know why we believe what we believe. And uh, I saw um, I saw something on Facebook a day or two ago, and, and I'm sure this person's a good person, and I'm sure they had good intentions and, and all of that, but it was calling for the uh, coming together, uh, for lack of a better term, of... Um, of Christian, Muslim, and Jewish faiths, and uh, I felt to myself, as as admirable as as their intentions are, they cannot be reconciled. No. Cannot be. No. Not our beliefs and their beliefs. Uh, We believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, the eternal Son of God. And uh, if somebody doesn't believe that, then there is no reconciliation uh, between our faith and their faith. Um, now that's not to say we're supposed to mistreat them. We're supposed to treat them, uh, treat them good, and love them, and and, um, and things like that. But there does come a time where we need to stand strong on what we believe. Amen. And uh, and I believe we're, I believe we've passed that point in America. Maybe we've, maybe we um, have have set back in the shadows too long, um, and and our country's gotten hijacked, it seems, by by people with agendas. But at any rate. Uh, hopefully over the course of the next several weeks we're going to go into our declarations of faith and then probably the church covenant. when we're done with that and hopefully we'll have a better understanding of who we are as Baptists um, when, when we're finished. So anything on your heart before we get started. Um, and, and a lot of these references I grabbed from the Pendleton's manual, I find it to be a, a, a good resource and um, uh, whether it's Pendleton's manual or, or something else you pick up in the world, um, it's always important that we check it with the Word of God to make sure it's accurate. And I believe Pendleton's is, and, and all these references that we're going to go over tonight, most of them are found uh, in the Pendleton's manual. But uh, the first declaration of faith says, We believe that the Holy Bible was written by men divinely inspired and is a perfect treasure of heavenly instruction, that it has God for its author, salvation for its end, and truth without any mixture of error for its matter, that it reveals the principles by which God will judge us and therefore is and shall remain to the end of the world the true center of Christian union and the supreme standard by which all human conduct, creeds, and opinions should be tried. Now we're going to break that down as we go through and study it sort of a, uh, where it's separated by commas, we're going to sort of take it, uh, take it a, a stanza or a line at a time, but uh, I thought it needful um, to uh, first maybe um, ask you, does anybody know or, or have any comments on why we, Use the King James Bible. Anybody? Randy. <laughs> consider it the word of God. Consider it the word of God. Um, it's not the first Bible that was translated. Um, I do feel like it's the most accurate. There were um, there were two lines of manuscripts. Uh, and I'm not qualified to really be the one um, teaching on this part, but basically there are two lines of manuscripts, and the King James Bible uses one line of manuscript, and pretty much every other Bible, maybe there's one or two that does, not pretty much every other Bible translation uses another line of manuscripts. Um, and you see that uh, there. there's a few places, um, I think it's 1 Timothy 3.16 that says... Uh, um, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Uh, the NIV um, says He was manifest in the flesh. Well, He could be anybody. You could pull anybody and make that He. The King James says God was was uh, manifest in the flesh. That's a big difference. Um, and, and so there are things like that that you find that have been uh, um, mistranslated by some down through the years. The King James, I believe, gets it right. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's important that we have an accurate view of the Word of God. And uh, the, the granddaddies, pretty much, of the NIV was in the 1800s, there was uh, two men called Westcott and Hort. And if you get to studying on those, Westcott and Hort, they were... Um, they were um, especially Westcott. He was a big believer in Darwin. Loved Darwin. Praised Darwin. Um, Darwin's theology does not line up with the Word of God, and so um, even Westcott, in some of his um, in some of his writings and some of his teachings, said he doesn't believe the first three chapters of Genesis to be to be true the way we believe it. So even his own Bible translation, he doesn't believe. The other reason I like the King James Bible, you know there's no copyright on it? We at Lafayette could publish the King James Bible and distribute it and not have any legal feedback at all. We wouldn't be in any trouble. There's no copyright. All the rest have a copyright. And I found that interesting. But but at at any rate... We do believe that the King James Bible is the most accurate translation. And when we're talking about the preservation of the Word of God, that's that's vastly important. Um, another scripture is in um, Philippians, the second chapter, where it talks about um, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ thought it not robbery to be equal with God. The NIV and the others translated it a different way. Uh, I believe there says something like... Uh, Uh, He wouldn't want to take that ability and use it or something like that. It's something sort of out there. Uh, But the King James, I believe, accurately portrays it as thought it not robbery to be equal with God uh, because he was God and he is God. So he didn't have to take anything from the Father to become God. He already is God. And so there there are things throughout those other ones, and, and I'm not saying people... Um, everybody that uses another Bibles is going to hell or anything like that. I'm not trying to say that at all. Um, but when we're talking about why we believe what we believe, the King James Bible is a big part of what we believe to be true.
1: I had a, I had a preacher make a statement one time about, um, um, he said if you read other people's writings, that you need to know what you believe before you do that. Right. Now, I put the other translations in that same category. Right. Because, the, uh, and, and I agree with you 100% that the King James Version is the most accurate translation. But don't think that there are not errors in this translation. Right. Because, because. there are, anytime you make a translation, you're going from one language to the other, and and it's an extremely difficult process. Right. And there are there are mistranslations in the King James version, but still we believe that it's the most accurate. Right. Now, is it wrong to read the other versions and whatnot? But uh, no. No. Now, but what what's happened? The other versions, people have. Put their own beliefs in the translation. So I put that in the same category as, uh, uh, as reading as other people's writings. Know what you believe before you
0: read them. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's very well said. Uh, there's nothing wrong with, with reading the other ones and, and um, sort of like reading commentaries. There's nothing wrong with reading commentaries. I like reading commentaries. I like to know what other people feel about things. And so I'll read different commentaries throughout the week, and, and some of them I think, brother, I'm right in line with you, and others I think, you're way out there from what I believe. And uh, so it is important to know uh, before you read. Um, but any. Some of those other canons you spoke
1: about was found in the Vatican, for example.
0: right? Right. The Vatican. That's right. That's right. A lot of uh, a lot of Rome influence um, on those. So any any other. Uh, we have a 1611 King James Bible at home, and uh, it's beautiful, but it's old, old English, and it is—it's kind of hard to read. But it is—it's is hard to read. Um, but uh, but it is uh, when it, this is the revised. When I don't even know what year did the revised come out? Do you know? Um, I don't either. I, I meant to look that up and I forgot. But 1611 is the year the King James uh, was first translated. And, uh, but it's an old English and it's beautiful, but it's just hard to hard to read. Um,
1: I had found a Bible I had at home that has the King James Version.
0: Ur- the- I saw those.
1: The King James Version, Ur- N-A-S-B.
0: NASB, yeah.
1: A New King James, and yeah. an
0: Amplified
1: Bible. Right. Now, a lot of times I'll sit down and read and it's,
0: huh? Yeah. I do that. There's a website I use a lot called BibleHub.com, and uh, and it's got uh, probably 15 different translations and a parallel Bible on there. And I like to go there. And then, uh, like what I get into Sunday about the, uh, it's got the original Greek on there, um, and you can you can see um, you can see the translation in real time basically because it's got the Greek listed as well. And uh, that's one thing I wish I knew more about uh, Greek and Hebrew, but I don't. Uh, maybe one day uh, I will. But but at any rate, um, I do like to read the other ones just to just to see. But um, and some uh, sometimes some verses are, are pretty much right in line, and then other verses are are vastly different. But I do like the King James Bible. I, I think it was. Uh, um, I think is you know we we talk about mistakes. Brother Joe mentioned one in Sunday School Sunday, the word Easter is in the Bible. The word Easter shouldn't be in the Bible, but it is. Um, it was a mistranslation. It should have been Passover, and that's in the Book of Acts. But they translated it Easter because uh, Easter uh, was already um, prevalent in the time, and we were already celebrating it during the time of the translation. And so, but uh, but there it's it's not perfect, but I believe it's. Uh, I believe it is the most perfect that we've got. It's um, really
2: interesting to think about what was going on in history at that time too. Right. The, the Reformation had been going on and the, the other translations had been after the printing press. And, right. And then King James who was, the, you know, the King of England was the head of the Anglican Church. Yeah. Of, and it split from the, right. the Catholic Church. Right. So it was, it's interesting to think about all of that yeah. too.
0: Um, this Bible, and I've got one at home that has it too, I don't know if any of yours do, but uh, it's actually got the letter, um, and it's pretty interesting reading, it's got two things in it, it's got the epistle dedicatory and the translators to the reader, and it's got the epistle dedicatory and it's the translators writing to um, King James, um, and then it's got the translators to the reader, and, and there's several pages, Um that it goes through, and it's it's uh, you know for the reader, for us, and it's from the people who did the translating, and they said they came under attack both by the Catholics and the mainline Protestants at that time. Um, they came under attack by both, and um, but but I, I do believe with everything that they went through, and it talks about the, the details they get into in that. Um, but I do think it is a um, the most perfect translation we've got. Um, anything else? Alright, um, the first thing I want to look at is uh, uh, Psalms chapter 12, verses 6 and 7, and uh, and Psalms chapter 12, verses 6 and 7, and this is just sort of the basis of, of tonight's study, um, And there's a lot, of, a lot of references, so we'll probably divide these up after we get through this first one. Um, Psalms 12, 6, and 7. Um, and it says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times, Here's what I like. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So, um, other than an accurate translation, the other most important thing is the preservation of the word. And that's what this says. uh, uh, Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. And I read that and I thought, aren't you glad that the Word of God has been preserved down through the ages? Um, people risk their lives and there's been, there's been a, um, a whole lot of blood shed so that you might have that in your hand right now tonight. I mean, people have, have died um, and, uh, and so we're, we're eternally grateful for these men that have, and women that have risked their lives to preserve the Word of God down through the years. And, um, and if the world lasts another, you know, 200 and 300 years, we, we're the ones that are going to have to preserve it. And, um, but I, I'm glad that it has been preserved. Um, we might just uh, break these up. Um, let's see. The first part is, We believe that the Holy Bible was written by men divinely inspired and as a perfect treasure of heavenly instruction. So we're going to stop. So, the Holy Bible is written by men divinely inspired and is a perfect treasure of heavenly instruction. And I might just read these off of, off of my sheet here and that will save a bunch of time. And anybody who wants a copy of this, I'll be glad to give it to them. Um, but it's uh, in 2 Timothy, um, 2 Timothy, I don't even write the chapter down. 2 Timothy 3, yeah, there you go, 16 and 17. And it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. Um, and and any, any questions on... On that verse, or those two verses.
1: At, the time, at that time, the New Testament was not fully in existence.
3: That's you?
0: right. That's right. So, um, a lot of times in the New Testament, when you see the word Scripture, it's talking about the Old Testament, because they didn't have a New Testament compiled at that time. Um, i
3: you might, please. What? You just brought this. They did Scripture. But, uh... You might go back a little bit, talking about the preservation of the scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, when uh, Moses came down off the mountain, he gave the
0: law. Right.
3: And they were to keep that law. And they didn't have a written law back then. But they had at least nine or ten or thing feasts or festival that they had to keep. Yeah. The boys had to keep uh, scriptures in the heads, uh, on the foreheads, and in the arms. And, uh, the mothers would speak to the daughters as they walked about and uh... that uh... that was a preservation of scripture back then and they had it at uh... at least at least ten I don't know where it had time to work they had so many festivals but yeah. so they kept it in their mind and uh... uh... They, one of the commandments says uh... uh let me. See. I'm having. A, excuse me.
0: Oh, you're fine. I, uh, you're
3: fine. <clears throat> Remember your father, uh, mother. Uh, uh, no. Uh, the, <laughs> well, uh, that your days on this
0: earth. Oh, yeah. Honor, honor thy father and mother. mother, mother, that, mother, mother that your days. Yeah. yeah. That means
3: what they say. Honor God, all, and all. Of, Days are your on this, this land that was the land that they were going right to, might be longer. Well, they didn't honor their their father's mother, so yeah. They, they didn't get away with it.
0: Yeah, you're right. That that's the first commandment with promises attached to it, would not it? Didn't,
3: the point is, they did for it. Sure.
0: Yeah, they did. Right, right, they did. And um, we
3: need we need to keep this. Fall. We need to study it. Study it. Study
0: it. Yeah, yeah. And like like brother Bob said, thank you for that. They would. Uh, they would, they would, uh, and that's what Jesus, you know, when he was talking about the Pharisees and the scribes, uh, they said they make broad their phylacteries, which um, at that time the, the the hem or the border, the edge of their garment was would be covered in 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 verses and scriptures, and and they would they would make them broad to show that they were um, elites, I guess, for lack of a better term, but but um, yeah, and I found it uh, interesting. Uh, and I heard somebody say this a little while back, and it stuck with me, that when Moses came down with those Ten Commandments, um, one would think that they would be put on display for everybody to see, but they weren't. They were locked away. They were locked away. And, and so the, the, the meaning and, and the manner that they had to preserve was handing it down um, from generation to generation. But, but the Ten Commandments weren't to be gazed upon or to look upon. They were shut up in the Ark of the Covenant. And, and they were given instructions then to teach them to your children when you rise up, when you sit down, when you go to bed, when you wake up, and, uh, and to always keep it before them. And, and, and so they didn't do that. And, uh, and they got into a mess. And we've not done that in America. And we, we're, we've got ourselves into a mess. And, and so hopefully that there's a, I will say, Michelle and I have talked um, since we've been here. Um, Lafayette and Macon County um, is a special place. Uh, you do things with and for your children here that I didn't see growing up in Monroe County. We're just, not like we're that far away. But, uh, but I, I'm, I've been very humbled and, and surprised, because I'm not used to it in our culture, uh, of how much you do do with your children, and there's more of a family. And, uh, and that's a culture we need to, we need to keep, and, and uh, people can say what they want to. I've been around enough of them to know the Hispanic culture has that part right. They are very family-oriented. Now, I don't believe a lot of their doctrine, and most of them are Catholics. But when it comes to family, they have a genuine care and love for their family. And, uh, and we need that in American culture. Uh, but anyway, I don't know why I got off on that, but it's just something I've noticed down through the years. Um any word th- in
1: verse 17, perfect doesn't mean without flaw. A better word might be complete. Is that not correct? Yes,
0: absolutely true. That the man of God may be complete. Yeah, that would that would work just fine. We know we're not going to be perfect. Uh, we should strive. The Bible says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. But we know we're never going to reach perfection. Now, there are some today that believe they have attained perfection. Um, they, they believe that they are sinless. And... Uh, guess it must be good to be one of them I I don't know (laughs) I don't know but but they believe that um, they believe that once you're saved you're you're sinless and and uh, I'll just speak for myself I'm sure not sure not I'd like to be but uh, but I'm sure not I have a struggle um, that the Apostle Paul also had that there was a a warring in my members he said and uh, and, and I'm, you know what? I'm glad there is. That lets me know that there's a flesh there and there's a spirit there and they're striving one against another. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm, I'm glad, as, it is, as uh, hard as it is at times, I'm glad for that striving there. I'm glad that there is a contention. In other words, there's something inside of a born-again believer that fights back against, um, against the culture and the laws and the, and, the, and the things that are going on in today's society. But um, anything else?
2: I thought about Um, and it's really we know it's the whole Bible but men divinely inspired I thought about the first three verses of Revelation um, where you know it says Revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto him his servants things which must shortly come to pass and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and all the things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the times at hand. So yeah, I just thought of that. Yeah, that
0: and that's a that's a good because uh, I don't have that one written down, but that's a good a good reference. And and uh, Revelation actually gives you a promise that, a promise of a blessing just for reading it. Blessed is he that readeth the prophecies of this book. And so this, this book is a marvelous book. It's not actually one book. It's 66 books composed into one book. Uh, there are... Um, how many have heard of Apocrypha? Anybody? A few. The Apocrypha... Um, do the Catholics recognize the Apocrypha? I thought they did. The Apocrypha is something we don't recognize as the canon of Scripture. There are, I think, it's 14... 14 or 15 books um, that, that they still print. And you can find a King James Bible. I saw them online uh, with the Apocrypha in there, and they, they put it in between the Old and New Testaments. But they're, um, And it's, it's books like Maccabees, and uh, there are different ones. But uh, And I'm not saying that they're not historically accurate on some things, and I'm not saying that you can't go to them and reference things um, and, and and be perfectly accurate. But they do, um, there are a few things, and the reason why we don't recognize them as part of the canon of Scripture is there are a few things in there that contradict um, what we believe to be the, the canon of Scripture. One of them, and it's probably where the Catholics get um, you know, praying for those that have already died, and praying them into heaven. Part of that apocrypha, if you read it, it talks about, um, it, talks, it references um, things like that. And it references a, a works-based salvation in a few of them. And, and uh, so we don't recognize them as part of the canon of Scripture. But there, there, there are no doubt truths buried in those 14 books of the Apocrypha. But I've never read them. Has anybody here read them all the way through? I've read portions of them. Um, but anyway, that's called the Apocrypha. And, uh, and you can find them in a King James Bible, but it's mainly used by Catholics and, and some other groups. We don't recognize them as Baptists, as, as uh, Scripture. All right. right, um, Second Peter one twenty one says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Which... Um, You've heard me reference different writers a lot. Some say I like Paul. Some say I like John. The the, the truth of the matter is, God is the author of the entire book, and and um, so that's Second Peter one twenty one talking about the prophecy came in old time, not by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Uh, it's it's sort of a remarkable thing. Um, when you think that David in the Psalms wrote quite a bit about the crucifixion um, when the crucifixion wasn't even a form of punishment at the time that David wrote what he wrote. Man couldn't have come up with that. Um, And I'm sure as they were writing it, they didn't fully understand probably um, but holy men of God moved as uh, spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So so man did not write this book. God is the divine author uh, of all 66 books. Uh, anybody with anything on these verses? Uh, again, we're still talking about uh, the first part of that, the Holy Bible written by men divinely inspired, a perfect, uh, treasure of heavenly instruction. That's the part we're dealing with now. Second um, Samuel 23 and 2 says, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and His word was in my tongue. So that's uh, talking about, again, the Spirit speaking, and His word was in my tongue. Um, Acts 1 and 16, men and brethren, this scripture, and this is talking about when they were replacing Judas. Uh, as an apostle, uh, men and brethren, and I believe this was Peter speaking, if I'm not mistaken, this scripture must, must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was God to them that took Jesus. So David had prophesied that one would have to take the place there were no apostles then. This was uh, way back in the Old Testament. Jesus Christ hadn't even come to this earth yet, uh, but yet it was already prophesied, and it had to be fulfilled that Jesus would be betrayed. I think it's in Zechariah's writing that they even nailed it down to, for the 30 pieces of silver. They even nailed it down to the exact amount um, that Judas would get. Um, so, so, But David had prophesied uh, concerning Judas, and that, um, uh, I believe it's, I didn't write it down, but it's let his, uh, let his days be few and, and let another take his office or something like that is, uh, is maybe the prophecy that they're talking about here. But, um, but anyway, um, then staying in Acts chapter 3 verse 21, um, it says, Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things which God hath spoken by the mouth of all His holy prophets since the world began. So, so the holy prophets since the world began um, have, have, uh, have written things concerning Jesus Christ um, and concerning the church. I think there were 300 prophecies or so of Jesus uh, alone in the Old Testament and He fulfilled every one of them. And so that started way back since the world began, according to Acts 3.21. Um, uh, John 10.35 talks about the Scripture not being broken. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the Scripture cannot be broken. I like that one too. The Scripture cannot be broken. Um, it says in one place that his word is forever settled in heaven. So um, I like that I, I like going over these because it, it lets me know that we can trust the Word of God. We can, we can, we can count it to be true. Um, uh, Luke sixteen twenty nine thirty one 31, very familiar. Uh, this is dealing with the rich man and Lazarus. But Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead. Uh, so Moses and the prophets, they you know they had those and they, they rejected those, so they rejected Jesus as well. Um, Psalm one nineteen, one eleven says. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. And I would say amen to that one. Are they not the rejoicing of your heart? We were talking in Sunday School Sunday about the disciples on the road to Emmaus when the resurrected Lord and Savior Jesus Christ appeared unto them on that Emmaus road and they didn't know it was Jesus. He had hidden himself from them. But they said our hearts did not our hearts burn within us while He opened unto us the Scriptures. They are the rejoicing of my heart. Uh, I'm glad that I can rejoice over the Scriptures. Um, Old Testament, New Testament alike, I can rejoice over the Scriptures. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever. They are the rejoicing of my heart. Uh, and finally, to tie up this last part um, of, of this ordinance, what advantage hath then the Jew, the last of us, uh, I should say, to tie up the first part of this ordinance, what advantage hath then the Jew in Romans chapter 3? Or what profit is there of circumcision much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God? Um even though we may disagree with their with their doctrine, and they disagree with our doctrine, um, I'm thankful to the Jew tonight for the Word of God, uh, because that's to whom it was given. So, if you're thankful for the Bible tonight, uh, be thankful for the nation of Israel and for the Jewish people. Um, so that that's that's got us through the first little portion of this first declaration of faith anybody with any any comments on this first part all right the next part we're going to look at um, is that it has God for its author and salvation for its end so this is talking about the word of God having God for its author salvation for its end second uh, Timothy 3:15. And that from a child, this is Paul talking to Timothy, from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So God for its author, salvation for its end. Uh, It says the scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Thou hast known that from a child. Why is it so important to have children sitting under the preaching and the studying of the word of God? Um, because the Scriptures are able to make you wise into salvation. Um, 1 Peter verses, uh, uh, 1, uh, chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, and this is one that I, that I struggle with a little because it's hard for me to understand. Uh, I said a while ago that the prophets, as they were writing, probably didn't even understand everything they were writing about. But this says, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. So salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. It's hard for me to understand what they must have thought um, under under the law, and we're blessed to live in the day of grace, But at that time, before Jesus came, they were prophesying of the grace that they didn't know. But they were yet prophesying of a time. Um, It says, Who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify. So the Spirit of Christ which was in them, it signified this when it testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So um, they prophesied, you know, Isaiah 7 or 750 years before Jesus was born, prophesied that he'd be born of a a virgin. Uh, Isaiah prophesied probably more about Jesus than anybody, and he talked about his suffering in chapter 53, um, but it talks that they testified before it happened, hundreds of years before it happened, they prophesied of the sufferings of Christ and of the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us did they minister the things which are now reported unto you by them. Let me back up. Unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. that's that's quite a mouthful, isn't it? The angels and the prophets desired to look into and have the knowledge that you and I have tonight. Let that settle in for a minute. Angels. And prophets, angels and prophets have searched into this salvation and day of grace, but they didn't understand it, not the way we do, and uh, and angels don't know what it's like to be born again, so the angels are desiring to look into those things. Um, I, I always found that a remarkable few verses of scripture. Um. Acts 11 and 14 says, "Who should this is uh, Peter talking to Cornelius, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. So that's where we, you know, the preaching and the, and the teaching. They will tell thee words from the scriptures whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. Uh, Romans 1.16, very familiar. The Apostle Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Um, here's one that's going to get some uh, get some conversation sparked. Mark sixteen sixteen. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. That's the Bible. What are you going to do with it? Now, obviously, if you take the second part of that verse, it says, he that believeth not shall be damned. Uh, the believing is the saving part. Um, the water baptism, I don't think that's what he's talking about here. I think he's talking about a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Um, anybody else with any... Now that's where some doctrines will take that and say you must be baptized to be saved. They take that from Mark sixteen sixteen: He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But then it says, He that believeth not shall be damned.
3: Yeah, go right ahead. Uh, The uh, preaching in our church that we're baptized in the church. The baptism in water is one thing, and baptism in the Holy Ghost is another thing. We're baptized into Christ that comes at repentance. Right. Now, I know it says we're baptized into one body. But it all says that by the Spirit we're baptized in life. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Now I was baptized as a preacher in the Lord. Yeah. But that was talking that that uh, verse there is uh, talking about a spiritual baptism, and that comes in repentance. So you come, you become part of Christ. Christ is in you, and you're in Christ. Yeah, so uh, In full trust. Uh, back in uh, you know what verse it says uh, to, uh, children of Israel were baptized into Moses, into the water, and into the cloud. Yeah. They put their full trust in it. Right. So, everything you see in baptism is not water baptism. Right, that's right. The spiritual baptism, you're baptized into Christ. It says that just explains Yeah. And baptized for could mean in, uh, in order to or because of. Yeah. So,
0: I think in it was. The
3: second verse you read, I say it previously because of it.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I think it was Peter that says it's not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. Now that's. Uh, when he, said God puts your
3: answer you to the church. You're not baptized in the church, you're not voting in the church. Yeah. You're voting in
1: fellowship.
0: Right, right. Appreciate that. Anybody else with any.
1: Uh, some scholars question that the verses were in question were not in the original Star. Wars. Yeah, and they go by to prove that with 17 and 18, and these signs shall fall them belief. We can't find no word in the New Testament where
2: that happened.
0: Like right. This. Yeah.
1: I, I doubt. I doubt, and I've got some friends who don't watch me say this. I doubt these verses weren't there. Yeah,
0: I've, I've read I've read that too. That uh, that in the ancient manuscripts they 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 weren't there and um. Anybody else? Appreciate that comment. Um, it's the believing, because he, he goes on at the end of that verse, he that believeth not shall be damned. So it's the believing um, that, that, that either uh, you're saved or, or you're not saved, you're saved or you're damned, uh, you're alive or you're dead, that's based on repentance and belief. Um,
1: John 3 and 18 don't mention the baptism.
0: Right. That's right. Yeah.
1: It says, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten
0: Son. Right. So it's, it's the believing. Yeah. That's, that's right. It's the believing, not the baptism. And, 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 and it was said that, uh, you know, John the Baptist um, said, I baptize you with water. But one mightier than I cometh, whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, shall baptize you with fire and the Holy Ghost. And so I think it's a a spiritual baptism that John the Baptist was talking about there. And I think it's a spiritual baptism that Mark um, wrote here. Um, John 5, 38-39 says, You have not His words abiding in you. This is Jesus talking to, I think, the Pharisees and the scribes. You have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent, him you believe not. Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So search the Scriptures. You've heard me say many times there was ample evidence in the Old Testament Scriptures that Jesus was indeed the Christ. and I, I, I may mention this again, um, I've mentioned it before, the Jews didn't reject Jesus based on the Scriptures. They rejected Him in a large part based on the Babylonian Talmud. When they came out of Babylon, out of captivity, they carried out of Babylon a, a Talmud, and it was um, supposedly an oral history and an oral Um, commandment from the time of Moses that had been passed down orally, not written. And then they wrote it while they were in captivity in Babylon. And they came out of Babylon with this Talmud. And uh, based on what's contained in that Babylonian Talmud, they rejected Jesus Christ. Because you couldn't reject Jesus Christ based on the evidence of the Scriptures. For if all you went by was the Scriptures in the Old Testament... Um, you would have known that jesus is indeed the christ anybody with any anything on these um, next part and i know we're running out of time we're not even going to get through the first one tonight but that's all right i'm in no hurry i'd rather be i'd rather be accurate as quick um, when it comes to this important study but uh, the the next part we want to look at is truth without any mixture of error for its matter. Now we've already established that, that probably every translation are going to have some errors in it, um, but we believe that this is the, um, the, the most truth, the most uh, accurate translation. So it's talking about the Scriptures being truth without any mixture of error for its matter. Um, and you can find a few references on that. Um, Proverbs 30 5 and 6, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in Him. Add thou not unto His words, lest He reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. So every word of God is pure. Every word of God is a shield. um, And we're not to add to Him. Boy, there have been a lot of men guilty down through the years of adding to the Word of God. As Brother Joe said earlier, a lot of these... uh, um, a lot of these translations want to add their opinion into the Word of God, but um, um, you know, we're not to do that. The Word of God will stand or fall on its own, and uh, the Word of God doesn't particularly need us to come to its defense, it's able to defend itself because it's the truth. I do think it's important that we defend it, um, but, uh, but it'll stand on its own, on its own legs, uh, without us having to add anything to them, uh, John seventeen seventeen says, "Sanctify them." This is Jesus praying unto God, sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy word is truth. Revelation twenty two eighteen and nineteen, for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So that's, that's a pretty stern warning not to mess with the Word of God. Don't add anything to it. Don't take anything from it. Just let the Word be what it is as the truth of the Word of God and, uh, and, and, and we'll stand or fall. Um, based on based on that word. In um, the last one, Romans 3 and 4, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. So let God be true, every man a liar. Um, it's, it's interesting to note the updates. If you've got an NIV before 1984, made before 1984, do you know that'll read different than an NIV today? They constantly update it. Why? Why do they do that? Well, they say, we didn't know, we, we mistranslated this here because now, now, since 1984, We've become enlightened, and we've got a we've got a, a better translate. They're always updating it, and uh, I don't know about you. I'm satisfied with the one I've got. I'm satisfied with it. Uh, I don't think it needs updating, but uh, but the other translations are constantly updating. So even even two NIVs next to each other, based on when they're printed, uh, they won't even agree with one another. Uh, but I'm glad the Word of God is going to stand the test of time, and, and we're going to get into that uh, more next week, I guess. We're out of time for tonight, and we've, um, we've got maybe halfway down through the first article. I knew this would take some time, but that's all right, it's important. Um, is there any thoughts you have tonight, or any questions that I probably wouldn't be able to answer, but I will try my best? Right. I appreciate you coming. Um, this is going to be a, a pretty lengthy study probably, but pretty needful. Uh, we ought to be able to back up. Why? Um, I was talking to somebody a week or two ago and that's what they said. They said, you know, I've been saved, I know I've been saved, but if somebody was to ask me something, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what to tell them. And so hopefully as we get throughout these, um, these next coming weeks, uh, we'll have a better understanding and uh, of uh, why we believe what we believe. And and we were talking on the way down about the indoctrination of your children. Uh, I'm telling you, I I don't know... um, I don't know if colleges will still be a thing in 20 years, um, but I've seen a fair amount of people go, and I'm not railing on colleges. I think education's important. I think it should be important. I think you're to learn all that you can um, but I've seen people go to college and come back a different person uh, because they are indoctrinated. And they're not starting at college. They're finishing at college. They're now starting with your little ones. And they are indoctrinating them all the way. Um, and it's a scary thing. And so they need to be grounded. We need to be grounded and settled in the truth. We're, we're going to face things in this generation that, that, that our foreparents never dreamed possible. And, and so it's important that we have a solid foundation and a solid footing. And it's important we, uh, we know why it is we are the way we are and why we believe the way we believe. So anybody with any questions or comments on anything? All right. All right, we will uh, pick up next Wednesday um, with stealing that first uh, Declaration of Faith. Appreciate you all coming. Remember revival. Look forward to worshiping with you the next few nights. And and uh, boy, I just boy I just pray that that uh, this will that this will be the revival that all breaks loose. I've been waiting for that for a while, and I know you have too. And uh, and let's just let's just keep a prayer in our heart this week. Remember brother Ethan uh, and sister Sarah as they come and travel that they'd be safe and and. Uh, Uh, Anyway, anything else on your heart? All right, let's stand together then and be dismissed. Brother Terrence, would you dismiss us, please?
2: Most kind and gracious and all wise Heavenly Father, as we bow before you, we're thankful, Lord, for this another day, another opportunity you've given us to come back to your house and. Try to learn a little about your work, Father. We ask you, Lord, to be with us, Lord, as we enter into a few nights meeting. If turn into a great revival, Father, that if we haven't already, that we get a prayer on our hearts, Father, that there's so much, Lord, that we want to see, Lord, around about us.